0: Thank you, Kelly Robinson, and good morning. Happy Easter, happy Passover, happy Ramadan, blessed in all cases. Happy weekend, everybody. I hope you've had a great gardening week, and I hope that we can make it even greater with uh, your questions and my answers over the uh, the next almost an hour. Jared Taylor is here to answer the phones, and I am here to answer the questions. How about that? That's a good deal. Good deal for me. Good deal for you, I hope but you have to make the call. Lines are open right now. Jared is waiting for your call. I am too. 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. We only have four lines. I'd love to see them all filled up right now. That's uh, 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. Give me a call, won't you please? We can talk about what to use for fertilizing your lawn, your landscape, your tomato plants, whatever. And uh, we can talk about any spring pruning you need to do, what's ailing your plants, whatever it is you'd like to talk about. I talk about urban horticulture. I don't get into chickens. I don't get into sheep and goats and pastures. That's for your county extension agent or for an ag program or some other program. I don't, I don't work in those fields. I'm not smart enough. <laughs> that wasn't my training in school, my training in college and all of my career. Forty-five years of this now have all been devoted to uh, urban horticulture, landscapes, lawns, fruit, flower, and vegetable gardening in, in and around the house. So give me a call, won't you please, 888-256-1080. I feel like we're finally into springtime. Took a while, boy. Late February and early March put us through the paces, and then it finally began to warm up a bit. and And uh, so things are greening up and growing, and I'm ready. I'm ready for growing season. So give us a call, won't you please? 888-256-1080. I broadcast from Amarillo to Victoria, Corpus Christi, and from Alpine to Crockett. That's a pretty broad area. And uh, so we ought to be able to help most of the gardeners in the great state of Texas. The town I grew up in, College Station and Bryan, People still say, oh, you're from Bryan. No, I grew up in College Station, mind you. And, oh, oh, that's right, they are two towns. Yes, they are. And they were very competitive back then, probably still are. And I live, I always point out where I live because that way you know my background. I live northeast of Dallas in a town called McKinney. My wife has been on the school board in McKinney. For 39 years, and she has announced that she will run for reelection next year. This is a really tough time in politics for school boards across Texas, and she is uh, all about her her causes. Are she feels like um, she feels like sports are well represented. She doesn't. Uh, she she certainly supports them, but that's not her cause. Her cause would be fine arts and um, equal education for all kids including the gifted and talented and the fine arts and those who are in recovery from substance issues uh, because that has hit our family, and so that became a, a something she took under her wing and has loved and nurtured. Uh, we have a, a school in the McKinney ISD called Serenity High in McKinney for kids who have been away to rehab and have been successful and come back and and needed a, a sober high school, so that's something that Lynn has uh, has taken a a liking to and a lot of other projects of that sort that have to do with the entire district and to common sense and most of all because we both taught and three of our four parents taught she supports teachers and uh, and most of all teachers so there you go and uh, in the time that she has been on the school board, I was going this is why I brought it up. Our town has grown from fifteen thousand to more than two hundred thousand. So she certainly has seen a lot of changes in uh, in education. That's what we have, and I'd love to talk to you about gardening. I don't get into politics. I certainly support my wife when she does run for re-election. That'll be a year from now, not now. and uh, but I don't do it in my programming. Um, so, we're getting calls. I need to be quiet, do my first ad break, and get right to the calls. Uh, one last time, the number, 888-256-1080. Any of those places I called and anything in between, give me a call. So I have a, a special for you on my book, and it is a really good special. Niels Fairies, Lone Star Gardening. This is the book I've always wanted to be able to hand to you and say this is the best work I'm able to do. This culminates a. I don't think it's the last thing I'll do, but it culminates a career in horticulture, and uh, it is. uh, it, It took me a year to write this book, but it took me a a lifetime to learn what I put into this book. It has 11 chapters. Chapter 1 is the basics of gardening in Texas. The other 10 chapters all revolve around Chapter 1 because you have to have the basics to get started. Chapter 2 is a calendar of when to plant, prune, fertilize, and spray all the plants in your landscape and garden. 48 pages, 4 pages per month of when to do things. And then Chapters 3 through 11 are extremely detailed chapters individually on trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, Perennials, Lawns, Fruit, and Vegetables for Texas Landscapes and Gardens. And uh, the book is in its fifth printing, it was 36.95. I have put it on sale to clear out all remaining fifth printings at 32.95 while supplies last. The sixth printing is finishing up on the presses then it will go to the bindery and when those come out of the bindery they will be 38.95. There are two paragraphs that have changed and they refer to the great cold of February 2021. Otherwise, the books are identical. You can save a ton of money, but only for a limited time, only if you order now. The book is a hardback printed in Texas, 840 photographs, 344 pages. I sign each copy as it sells. And so this is your chance to save $6 on the book. Huge savings. Pick up one for a gift. Pick up another for another gift and uh, get them signed and get them right away. This is only while I have the few remaining copies available to you. There are two ways to order it. It's not in stores and not on Amazon. You can order it by my, uh, from my website, or you can call my office Monday through Friday. We're going to be closed this coming Friday, so I would suggest you order right now at the website. But the phone number, if you want to call, 800-752-GROW, 800-752-4769. That's weekdays. The better way is to order it at the website at neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y. It seems like these days, temporary storage facilities are on every street corner, but let's do some math. For what you're paying in yearly costs for that storage room, you could own your own metal storage building right there. That happens with a Mueller Backyard Building, M-U-E-L-L-E-R. You've seen their big buildings, you've seen their names, so you know how to spell that. But, just in case, M-U-E-L-L-E-R. Their backyard building kits are easy to assemble with bolt together design. And they're priced right. You keep your stuff at home and you're not throwing away money by leasing storage. Their kits come in a variety of sizes with more than 30 colors to choose from, adding style to your storage space. If you need a larger storage solution, Mueller's pre-engineered standard series buildings can accommodate almost any need. Whether it's a smaller place for a lawnmower, a place for cars, boats, or even an RV, You can have peace of mind that a Mueller metal building will protect those features, treasures at a reasonable price. See all the options at MuellerInc.com or give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER. Find a location near you. That's 877-268-3553. They're Mueller, they're made in America, and they're made to last. MuellerInc.com. I'll have more after this message. All right, Kelly, thank you. And we have full phones. Let me go through them fairly quickly, be succinct with your question. I'll be as, as concise with my answer as I can. I'll try to give you the best answer, though. Let's start with Bo in Corpus Christi. Bo, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, sir. How can I help you?
1: I have a uh, lakefront property at near Corsicana, and I'd like to plant some pecan trees and I'm trying to figure out what is the best uh, bland or blend or or whatever I've heard of uh, all sorts of pine trees. And so I'm looking for that information, and how far apart should they be planted?
0: All right. You're talking about best variety? Is that what you want? Right. All right. Uh, I would probably go with – uh, I, would, I would have Caddo, I would have yeah. Desirable uh, in that area. Um, those would be two of the ones that I would start with. Let me think if there would be others, but those would be two good ones. Um, I would also recommend that you look at Navarro County, uh, and and uh, aggie horticulture and just ask for the best varieties for that area in fact there is a really good publication uh, from aggie horticulture uh, uh, if you if you will google aggie horticulture pecans okay. uh, they have a fact sheet i can pull it up in a minute um, i don't want to try to do too many things mm-hmm. while i'm answering your question but it's a, a very good fact sheet that that lists the best varieties by region of the of the state and you would be the eastern region. Caddo is very disease resistant and that's one of the reasons uh, that, that it is recommended in the eastern half of the state. It's a high quality pecan; it's not large but it's a very high quality uh, pecan. Desirable has been around a long long time, a hundred years and it is well proven. Those are two to start with. Uh, you want to plant them 40 or or more feet apart. That gives the trees ample room to develop and to fill out nicely for you and that's uh, that's important a lot of people crowd them you plant a little pecan tree and, and you look you get the telescope out to see the next one 40 feet away and you say that's too far and the next thing you know people start crowding them and that's the worst thing you can do with pecans is get them too close
1: okay is there some some things to do to the soil pre-planting uh, oh, I know. We'll I know. One other
0: thing I did want to mention. No, they're going to have to grow in that soil, and their roots will extend as far as the branches do, which is forty feet. You know, I actually go farther than that. And so you'll uh, you'll want to uh, uh, you'll want to uh, just get a good healthy tree, probably in the uh, six foot range, something like that. If you're getting a bare rooted tree, that's the most common way that they're sold you may find them in containers if you can that would be great. Um, Pawnee is another good variety and Kanza, K-A-N-Z-A is another one that gets recommended very highly by a um, But uh, anyway you, you just need to get good vigorous healthy varieties from a, a, a source that you know you can trust either an independent retail garden center or um, a, a good grower. Uh, I rarely do this, and they do buy some ads in other programs that I do. Womack Nursery and De Leon sells the AM recommended varieties. Uh, not many nurseries will have, for example, Caddo. Um, and they do if you buy early enough in the season. Their, their selling season is uh, mid December through uh, very early March because they're digging bare rooted. So you might, uh, you might get on their list for next fall uh the the secret when you're planting around a lake um a lake is in I'm, I'm going to speak in very elementary terms and this is going to almost insult your intelligence i'm acknowledging that to start with when you plant around a lake you realize that a lake is in a bowl it's in a low spot has to be or the water run off and and so if you're right we'll just say that you're 10 feet away from the edge of the lake the water table in the soil under the ground is at that same level. In other words, there's a very high water table in the soil. You need to be up from the the edge of the lake a ways. You don't want to plant your pecan right at the edge of the lake or it will drown. The roots won't get enough oxygen. So you, you plant a little ways away from the lake, but you also need to keep them moist. Pecans do very well in river bottoms, but not where they stand in water for prolonged periods. Does that make sense? Did I say it Clearly enough that it was
1: logical. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay.
0: A lot of people plant them right at the edge of the water, and that's where you plant willows and bald cypress trees, but not pecan
1: trees. Yeah. Well, I, I get in trouble with my wife because my wife doesn't want anything blocking the view of the lake. There so. you go.
0: Most of us stay in trouble with our wives, and that's just kind of par for the course. But no point in bringing it on yourself. So there you go.
1: Could, could you give me the name of that? Uh uh, nursery that you
0: said that? Yes. Womack nursery, W O M A C K in De Leon, D E capital L E O N. It's, it's in the Brownwood area and they ship by mail order. They ship to a lot of growers. It's a third or fourth generation nursery. I, I don't do what I just did very often on the air and that's give uh, plugs to specific products or, or companies they, they really deserve it because they have worked so many generations with Texas A&M to make sure that they have the recommended varieties. If another nursery has those same varieties in good quality, they will be just as good. What normally does not happen is the big national chain stores normally do not have those varieties, and, and that's probably one of the worst places to buy fruit and pecan trees because they often are mislabeled or not labeled and so if you if you go to a local independent retailer you have a, a better chance if you go to somebody like like womx um, a texas pecan nursery in chandler also would be one worth looking into texas pecan nursery in chandler so those are two really good growers
1: i appreciate the information i got one last word for you yes sir you got it. Thank you. Thank you,
0: Bo. Have a great day. Let's go to Tracy and Abilene. Tracy, this is Neil. Good morning.
1: Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm well.
0: How can I help you?
1: Well, uh, I had a really bad problem with squash bugs in my garden last year. Um, I didn't know what they were, and they killed my zucchini, my yellow squash, my cucumbers. Um, so this year, a master gardener told me the only thing you can do is get rid of those eggs on the underside of the leaves, and he said, wrap your hand in tape. He said, once those bugs are there, there's nothing you can do. Um, What advice do you give for squash bugs?
0: Well, that's not bad advice. I can amplify it a little bit. Number one, uh, you learn to look for the the nymphs, the young squash bugs. They will be susceptible to seven dust, uh, S-E-V-I-N. And you can dust around the crowns of the plants at that point uh, so that's that's an option to to eliminate them when they're young. Um, okay. Plant as early as you can, which uh, uh, in Abilene would still be now, but not. It it would have been better two or three weeks ago uh, to get them yeah, coming I'd along.
1: Play, uh,
0: yeah, to come along back. as fast as they can. Um, okay. Another thing that you can do uh, would be to. Uh, these are not necessarily in a a logical order of how I would do it. It's just the things that come to mind. Uh, I have also found that the adults, the the ones that are doing the damage, um, don't like the heat and the sun, and I have found them in in my own garden, uh, uh, kind of hiding from the sun when it's really hot beneath uh, leaves or uh, in shaded areas. And just Uh, as a practical thing, I have observed that if I put a, oh, I used to use wood shingles, but nobody has as much anymore, but just a a piece of wood, like a little scrap of a one-by-four, prop it up on one end, they will often congregate beneath that, and you can knock the prop out and just squash the squash bug. So that will work. Um, Okay. You can also, uh, what was the fourth thing I wanted to mention? Oh, floating row cover over the, the plants may very well help uh, keep them away in the first place. We, we underuse floating row cover. It is a very valuable tool in a vegetable garden. Uh, people think, well that's gonna shade my plants too much and it really doesn't. It diffuses the light and we have more than ample sunlight in Texas. And mm-hmm. uh, so getting the, the white gauze-like material, the floating row cover, uh, it can be a very good deterrent for insects. We use it on tomato cages. To keep insects away from tomatoes we use it a lot of places and so you might you might try that and see if that would help
1: okay i had not heard of that and thank you for all these tips and all hopefully right. i won't have your
0: <laughs> well let me know when they're ready i'll be over
1: okay great thank, thank you,
0: you tracy take care my wife Bye. has a wonderful recipe for uh, uh a Price's pimento cheese mixed with, uh, with uh, summer squash and, and zucchini. It is so good. It was my mother's, actually, and, and we have had it. Mom's been gone a long time. We've enjoyed that and think of her every time. So let me tell you about Mueller, and this is a very special uh, program being put on by Mueller. I just want to let you know that the folks at Mueller are doing it yet again. For the 14th year, they are giving away a free building to one nonprofit organization right here in the Lone Star State. Good for Mueller. This isn't just any old building. It's a 4,000-square-foot facility to be built by the helping hands of Mueller, dedicated to serve a Texas-sized community. Now here's how you enter. You go to MuellerInc.com. I want to spell it because I want you to enter M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com. M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com. Click on Helping Hand. This is where you can complete an application about why your organization deserves this building or needs this building. Applications will be accepted until May 16. For more information on Mueller Steel Buildings and Roofing, visit MuellerInc.com. that same website, and then click on the Helping Hand and fill out the application, and we wish you the very best of luck. That's the Helping Hand people. That's the Mueller people. I hope you can win. Good luck. I'll have more after these messages. All right, Kelly, thank you very much. And we're going back to the phone lines. We have Karen in North Zulch and Linda right down the road in College Station. Somebody was just calling, and and uh, Jared tells me that they let it ring uh, for about five seconds and then hung up. you got to let it ring at least twice. You know, Jared can only, can only pick it up so quickly. Give a call back, won't you please? Let's go to Karen in North Zulch. Not everybody knows where North Zulch is. When I was growing up in College Station, North Zulch was where we went to catch the train. So, Karen, good morning.
2: Well, good morning. How are you?
0: I'm well. How can I help you?
2: Well, I have wild violets that are just, every year, it seems like we have 150,000 more. So, is there anything that you can use to get rid of them?
0: Yes, there is. And I want you to know that every time I help somebody like you, as a nice person like you, um i get hate mail from people who say how can you kill them they're beautiful they're wildflowers and they're beautiful and so i do it uh only because i understand i mean they're weeds if you don't want them right Right, it's right. That. I agree with you. So I see both sides of this picture. I have uh, wild violets growing in the woods around our house. We have eleven acres. I wouldn't want them in my lawn. I wouldn't want them in my flower bed where I had other things that I was trying to cultivate. So I get it. I get both sides. Uh, Karen, you can control them with a broadleaf weed killer containing two four D two comma four and then a hyphen and the initial D like. A dandelion, or darned old wild violets, or whatever you want to use for it. Um, <laughs> the uh, there are products that only contain 2,4-D, and and that might be, might be the safest. That might be the safest thing to use because uh, the the products that contain two other weed killers in a combination product called Trimec, uh, those other uh, active ingredients are going to soak into the soil, and they could do harm to trees. However, if you can't find one that is only 2,4-D, use one of the other products. Just use it in a tank sprayer where you can mix it up and and, uh, uh, spray it in a pump sprayer instead of a hose end sprayer. So you're not putting as much out. Alright, the secret is to get fairly small droplets, so you really want that tank sprayer anyway. Fairly small droplets that will coat the leaves of the wild violets and not run off, not bead up and, and run off. If you're using a hose end sprayer, it'll, it'll make such big droplets that they just run right to the ground. And wild violet leaves are shaped kind of like a, oh, a V or like a piece of paper folded or a funnel. And so okay. you have to, you have to put a drop of liquid dishwashing detergent like ivory or dawn or something in with the spray to break the, uh, to, to hold the, the material on the leaves, to break the surface tension. It's, uh, you, you may see the word surfactant used, and that's what that is. Uh, okay. the, the, the detergent doesn't do anything to kill the weeds other than hold the, the weed killer on the leaf. It has to go in through the leaves. Don't okay. mow for a few days before you put the weed killer on. Don't mow for a few days after you put it on. Give it as much leaf area as you can to soak in the weed killer, and it'll do the job. They are tenacious, and they are some of the hardest things to kill. Some of the weed killers even say, you know how the starburst is on some products, and in that starburst it'll say, even kills wild violets. Or even kills yeah. wild onions; those are the two that get the starbursts. But it'll work.
2: Okay. Okay. Um, and is there any certain time of the year that you do it?
0: While they're actively growing, which is right now.
2: Right now. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, um, thank you so much for that because they just, you know, cover everything else up in the flower bed. You know, they have those little uh, roots, whatever those things are right. on the end of them that look like a little. I don't know what they look like, but anyway, they you, you, know, you pull them up, they have
0: hollows. Yeah, they have. They I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm glad you mentioned the flower bed because I need to give you one more precaution. The sprays that I mentioned don't differentiate between wild violets and cultivated violets, or pansies, or uh, they, well, uh, any other flowers. Or okay. shrubs, and so you need to be very cautious where you use them. I was I was addressing them out in the lawn. When mm-hmm. you're in a flower bed, you ought to use a foam rubber paintbrush and just paint the stuff on the wild violets.
2: Oh, okay. okay. I know.
0: I know. Are we still friends?
2: <laughs> we are still friends. Okay. Now, let me ask you one other quick sure. question, if you don't mind. Wisteria. Can I go out there and cut off a piece of wisteria from someone else's plant and 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 root it and make it grow?
0: Yes, uh, the best time is not right now, while it's uh, either just finished blooming or blooming. You want okay. to do it uh, probably. I would do it one of two times: either in uh, in late winter while it's still dormant, or I would do it in uh, probably in June when the new growth has gotten just a little bit woody. I think that would be my choice. Would be in in June.
2: Okay. righty, time, sir. I appreciate a girl. you and I have, have a you. good day. Love your program.
0: Thank you for calling. Take care. Bye bye. All right, let me see what my time is. Let's go to. Let me take, get a quick break in here, and then I'll come to Linda and cut. No, Linda's waited long, and well, Linda's answer is going to take me a little while. Let me let me come to Linda. Then we have Lizzie and Vance. So we're getting there. We're making progress. Uh, let me uh, tell you about my book offer. I'll do a kind of a short version of it. The book is the fifth printing of Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening. The supply chain issue finally ended and the paper came in for the sixth printing. It's back on the presses and will be or is now finished and at the bindery or will be very shortly. And, uh, and so a month or six weeks from now, I'll have the sixth printing, and it will have two paragraphs that, that have changed. Otherwise, the fifth printing is exactly the same. The, uh, the, the, the changes deal with the, the cold spell of February 2021, just saying it happened, and uh, the, the hardiness zone map needs to be, that needs to be used is uh, from 1990, not 2012. I mean, it's, it's that basic. Otherwise... 343 pages have no changes <laughs> so if you really want to save some money you're gonna get this fifth printing you're gonna get it right now I'm trying to clear out the storage space and make room for the sixth printing and I've cut the price it will be thirty-eight ninety-five. It is thirty two ninety five. Signed copy, I'll have it in the mail by midweek, and your satisfaction is completely guaranteed or I'll refund every penny. It's Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening covering every aspect of uh, lawns uh, landscapes, fruit, flower, and vegetable gardening for every county in the great state of Texas. It has eight hundred forty of my photographs, three hundred forty four pages, and it's a hardback, as I mentioned, printed in Texas and Everything about this book offers to you the best quality I could put out. I hired my own editor, Carolyn Skye. She's the best. And graphic designer, Cindy Smith. She's the best. And the three of us put it together. I self-published this book so I could be at every press check and make sure the color was exactly right for you. The two ways you can get it. It's not in stores and not on Amazon. That's how I kept the price so low. Just ninety-five while supplies of the fifth printing last. Order it by calling my office during week during the week on, on business hours, 800-752-GROW, G-R-O-W. That's 800-752-4769. But the better way is at neilsperry.com. You can do that right now, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. I'll have more after these messages. All right, Kelly, thank you. Let's go to Linda in College Station, who has been waiting very patiently. Linda, thank you for that. How can I help you?
2: Well, good morning. Good uh, morning. I have a patch of poison ivy about three feet square that came up in my flower bed, and I need to know how to get rid of it.
0: All right. Is it growing up over anything, or is it just right there on its own?
2: It's on the ground.
0: Perfect. All right. Uh, you need a broadleaf weed killer. It's basically yeah. going to be the same product that I, I recommended on the wild violets a minute ago. It's going to contain 2 4D 2 comma4 hyphen D that is used to kill any plant that is not a grass except for nuts okay. edge, nut grass. yeah. So uh, a broadleafed weed killer and you would spray uh, as at, at the peak of vigor uh, of the poison ivy this spring. If that's not now, it will be within two or three weeks. The, the more vigorous the growth, the better the kill will be. And so spray it with uh, just directly onto the leaves. Coat the leaves. Uh, the, the smaller the droplet size that you can use, the better the control will be because it will coat the leaves. You want it not to drip off. You, do, you want to do it just to the point of runoff, it's called. Don't let it uh, uh, just pour off the leaves onto the ground. Um, the the control ra- will take... Does Roundup? Well, I'm
2: sorry, does, ra- does the, Roundup the, have this stuff in it?
0: The original Roundup did not at all. It uh, it had only glyphosate in it. Hear me, I'm not okay. trying to make this any more complicated than have to. Uh, the original Roundup did not and it would wound poison ivy. It was not very good at controlling poison ivy. When the current owner of Roundup bought the product, they decided it was such a recognized name. Hey, we love our name. And we're, gonna, we're gonna maximize the use of this name, this brand. We're gonna add different various products. We're gonna make it be a bunch of different things. And all of a sudden, round up this, round up that, round up all over the map. And, and yes, there are products under the Roundup umbrella that do contain broadleafed weed killers. And I, I imagine you can find one that, uh, that, that would control poison ivy. There are a lot of broadleafed weed killers on the market. What you're looking for is a product that contains 2,4-D. If you look at the fine print on the label, if it says 2,4- and then a long word that starts with D, that is a broadleafed weed killer. If you'll talk to a good independent retail garden center operator, not just somebody that just got hired on to load cars, if you'll talk to a <laughs> Texas certified nursery professional, it's, it's spring, it's, they're busy. Um, if you'll talk to a, a Texas certified nursery professional, that man or woman can, can show you what I'm talking about. And the instructions okay. on the product will give really clear instructions on how to control it. Now, a couple other things to warn you all parts of poison ivy even after the plant is dead have the oil that causes the irritation and always assume that you are susceptible some people brag that they're not and they will be Uh, they may be coming down with a cold you never know but everybody at some point in his or her life is susceptible to poison ivy uh, allergy Um, so wear gloves wear long sleeves long pants and wash those clothes immediately after don't touch uh, any pruning tools directly after you use them uh, without w- wiping them off, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Mm-hmm. Is it necessary
2: to get the root out after it's dead? To make sure if, you have all you the have, roots out of dirt?
0: No, if you have killed the, the top and the top does not offer to sprout back out again, no, you wouldn't have to. But if it's in a flower bed, you'd want it out of there so you could rototill or yeah. or, or dig and plant. So, yeah, you'd probably want to just, I'd use a spading okay. fork or a sharpshooter. And and uh, before you trim the top off, I would do that and then just lift it out. And you can use a, a rake to, to grab it like hooks and pull it out of the ground without mm-hmm. touching
1: it. Okay, great. Thank you All so right. very much.
0: Thank you, Linda. Have a good day. Take care. All right, I'm going to take my last break, and then we're going to help Lizzie and Vance. Stay with me. I'll help you. Um, Neal Spray's eGardens. I'll do a quick version of that ad. It's my electronic newsletter. comes from my computer to your email Thursdays, just right after 6 p.m. There always are five parts of eGardens. One of them is a featured plant of the week. One of them is gardening this weekend, where I point out, Uh, the uh, things that you need to do in that weekend and one of them has been a featured question of the week we're modifying that and it's going to be a surprise this coming week so you'll want to stay tuned for that and subscribe to eGardens if you're not already a subscriber in fact if you want to see what it looks like you can see an example of eGardens we always leave it archived on my website and that's where you sign up for it at neilsperry.com click on the eGardens tab you can see what eGardens looks like and then you can sign up for it right there it is free and always will be and i will never give or sell your email address to anybody so you will get no spam emails because you're signed up for it and i will not spam you I will never send you anything that says because you are a subscriber to eGardens, thought you'd want to see this. That's not going to happen. Take a look at it. Neil Sperry's eGardens at neilsperry.com. Join the other 80,000 who subscribe and look at eGardens each week. The 1930s were difficult times for America the country was in the great depression jobs were scarce but hope remained high and it was during that time that muller started making metal products now here we are ninety years later and the muller name is known across the south as having the finest in quality steel and workmanship Mueller and its products understand what it means to weather the storm. A Mueller metal roof is made to last and protect you and your most valued possessions from the harsh weather we're accustomed to in our area. A Mueller metal roof can endure the intense sun, the heavy rain, hail, even snowstorms where they happen and they do it for years to come. That's much longer than a conventional roof. If you want peace of mind for the future, choose a metal roof for your home, a roof that's been made by Mueller. Visit MuellerInc.com, M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com. Learn more. Find a location near you. You'll see why a Mueller metal roof is the best thing to put over your head. Give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER. That's 877-268-3553, or stop by one of their 33 locations. They're Mueller, they're made in America, and they're made to last,
1: com. I'll have more after this message. Thank you, Kelly. We have three minutes. I have two calls. I'm going to try to get them both
0: in. Lizzie in Fort Worth, how can I help you?
1: Oh, um yeah,
2: so I am teaching horticulture in Arlington for the first time. I'm an ag teacher, um, and we have been trying to start a little vegetable garden, and my cucumber plants keep dying on me as we start them in the greenhouse and then we put plant them in the raised bed and after two or three days, they're wilted over and dead and so I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing wrong. <laughs>
0: All right. Uh, the two things I would look for, Lizzie, if I were coming on site to look, I would look at the stems at the ground line to see if uh, anything had happened there. Uh, there is a disease mm-hmm. called damping off that you may be familiar with. That is a combination of Rhizoctonia and Pythium and and Phytophthora, uh, water mold funguses that will attack young seedlings and cause them just to wither right at the ground and fall mm-hmm. over, or to see yeah, if that's you have. What's been happening. Is it? Okay. The other thing, mm-hmm. make sure they haven't been chewed right there, and that would be pill bugs. If they've been chewed, they're like little beavers have eaten on them. Um, okay. And, and that would be addressed by seven. If you have uh, damping off, then uh, you probably have had too much moisture at some point in the, uh, in the seedling bed. And you need to maybe use a, a better aerated uh, seedling mix. It's unusual okay. for cucumbers, for cucurbits to have that problem. It's usually on very tiny plants like uh, uh, pansies and petunias. Um, mm-hmm. But that would be it. The other thing that can happen is when you take plants out of a greenhouse into the uh, very uh, windy, sunny conditions, you, uh, you'll you lose them to the wind and the sudden temperature and sunlight change. And, and so... Uh, that's the other thing you have to be concerned of is put them out on a day when it's cloudy and not uh, 40 mile an hour winds, but it's, 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 it's in that conglomerate of stuff somewhere.
2: Okay. Do you recommend maybe trying to just sow the seeds? Direct
0: sow. Absolutely. Direct sow. I would, I would.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, we will
0: try that next then. <laughs> At a girl. Good luck with it. Good luck. I taught also, so I, I wish you the best. Let me go to Vance and Lufkin. Vance, I have about a minute. How can I help you? Yes, sir. This is Vance Garber and Lufkin, and I want to know what fertilizer to use on a lemon that's in a pot. All right. I would use a high nitrogen, but but uh, to some degree a complete fertilizer. You need phosphorus and potassium since it's in a container. And so you're going to see several different brands out there. Miracle-Gro is probably going to be the first one most obvious to find. And I would fertilize it at least every, uh, uh, every second or third week. Um, and, and then about once a month, I would water the plant heavily enough that you leach out any accumulated uh, fertilizer minerals and get them out so that you don't get a buildup of the salts. But I would yeah. use something high in nitrogen, Uh, but with other minerals and with trace elements in it as well. Okay. Okay. All right. Hey, I appreciate your call. Folks, thank you so much for listening. I always enjoy this. And to Jared Taylor, nice job on it. Hope you have a wonderful week. Thanks for listening. Happy gardening.